Yeah. What these bitches want from a nigga? What these bitches want from a nigga? What these bitches want from a nigga? Yo, yo, yo. What do these bitches want? We'll try to answer that and many other questions today on this, the latest episode of Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker in the house. In Goat. the hizzy. How are you doing, it. my brother? We back at it. I'm just, I'm just glad to be back on the pod, baby. You know how it is. Like a couple, you know, you take a couple weeks off from the pod. You get, you know, you don't stretch those muscles for a little bit. You're not podding enough. Dude, my phone has been blowing up with people. Like, when's the next pod? We want the next pod. I got accosted on the street, just random strangers being like, "Hey, aren't you Andy from that really small, very localized, very specific niche podcast about one NFL team?" I'm like, "I am." They're like, "Dude, when's the next episode coming out?" Dude, yeah, I've I've heard like knocking at my door at real late hours, more so than usual, you know, more so. and more so than usual. And, and like, I went in my mailbox the other day and was just like a note from the office being like, we have gotten way too many letters. You're going to have to come and pick them up. And it's all pod fans. I don't even, I haven't even given out my address. So I'm really surprised. It's crazy. That's really crazy. People are doing some pretty intense cyber sleuthing to find out where me and Ben live. So we're giving the people what they want. We're back at it with a very special episode. This ladies and gentlemen is the Des cast. This is an any and all things Desmond Demond Bryant, the goat, fucking the Des Dispenser, manifest Desdeny himself, uh, um, seeking Destroy. <laughs> throw up the X, baby, because we're talking about all things. Uh, Des has been in the news a lot lately, goat, and uh, yeah, we will no be. Shortage of, uh, there's no shortage of uh, Des Bryant conversation as uh, controversy. As uh, this is America's team, and we are America's podcast. Uh, you know, the people have been talking a lot about him. Everyone loves to talk about our team, um, <laughs> more so than the Eagles, even though they just won a Super Bowl. That just shows how irrelevant they are. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we will we will jump into that, but we do have a special announcement to begin. Go! Oh, I'm stoked about this. So many of you have probably heard us make snide, passive aggressive remarks about our the podcast's favorite graphic designer, Matthew the Birdman Hawkins, and the man came through just toting that fire, brought us the fire logo. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably saying. Oh my God, what is, I used to listen to kind of like a janky Kmart off-brand podcast. Now I'm listening to this super professional podcast. What's up with this logo? You can thank Matt Hawkins for that logo. Thank you so much, Matt. It looks super dope. Hawk, we, uh, we thank you. You are a friend of the pod. Um, if you go out to our Twitter, which is at B underscore W underscore B underscore B, you will see the logo is pinned up. It is the official avatar. Um, we will also be coming soon to um, Apple, right, Goat? To iTunes. That is the correct. We've been, we were waiting for the completion of our logo to upload to iTunes. We will now be available in the native uh, podcast application on your iPhone. So for all you basic chicks out there, you don't mess with Android. You only flex with the iPhone game. 
you will now also be able to listen to Boys Will Be Boys. We've been, we've heard your cries. We've heard the screams in the night for iPhone integration for the podcast. It is here. So be on the lookout for either this week or next week or this episode or next episode. You will see this podcast available in the iTunes store. Yes, that is going to be a big thing. I get asked about that all the time. So I'm happy that it'll be out there. We, we're uh, we're looking like we're coming up. You know, we were just we were just some some kids with a couple mics. You know, last year and now getting all bougie and shit. You just, know, I'm, just forgetting where we came from. Just like <laughs> totally different guys. I'm like, sitting here drinking a fifteen dollar bottle of red wine. Like I was. I saw that. To, you, I used to, you always used to like maybe drink a beer during this thing. Now you're sitting here like a just straight up just high class shit bottle of wine i'm loving it yeah i'm getting a petty you can't even see under the table damn right now. a petty though <laughs> oh, okay that's tight that's like tight. i said we are we are stunting but uh uh being serious now serious cowboy fans um i'm sure many of you have been doing your very best to pretend the eagles have not won a championship um we gave them some air time last week which you know they're thankful for because they won a Super Bowl and people still don't really talk about them. Um, but like I said, we focus on our team, Dallas Cowboys, and the biggest thing, Des Bryant, Andy, and he has, um, as we said, kind of been everywhere. So where do you want to start with this thing? Man? You know, I think there's only one place to start when we're telling the story of Des Bryant as it exists today. And we're going to have to step into the way, way back machine. Cowboy fans never do this, by the way. No, we have I, Cowboy fans do not live in the past. They're always looking forward to the bright future. But right now, when you just step back with us to a cold playoff weekend in Green Bay, Lambeau Field, Lambeau Field, a certain surefire Hall of Famer named Antonio Romo is guiding the court, the Dallas Cowboys down the field for what will most assuredly be a game-winning drive. On fourth down and long, Des Bryant goes along the left sideline. Tony Romo throws the ball up. Huge balls, Tony Romo. Des straight up embarrasses this kid. Like, this guy, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's traumatized to the point now where he's quit football he, Sam Shields was a pro bowler, and I've literally never heard his name again. After I think today. I heard that Sam Shields was at a barbecue last weekend, and his son threw a football at him, and he collapsed into a puddle of tears just from the traumatic experience of Des Bryant mossing him on, in front of the, the nation. So Des comes over the top, as he is wont to do on various mediocre DBs, gets this ball, goes to the ground, the ball Pops out of his arm, not touching the ground. And Des rolls over, secures it to his body. We think we're like at worst case scenario, we're down at the one, maybe a touchdown. They review this, and the referees explicitly. It is insanely a catch. Everyone thinks it's a catch. People that hate the Cowboys. Odell Beckham Jr. is out here on Twitter talking about how it's a catch. Bro, and you Packer fans out there, I got video evidence of Packer fans who know that was a catch, and you've since changed your tune. But at the time, be real with yourself. You thought it was a catch. So it is called not a catch, and the Cowboys go on to lose that game. People will say that one play doesn't make that big of a difference. 
people will say, you know, Des and Tony could have come back next year. I am of the opinion that that one inexcusable lapse by the refs changed the course of the Cowboys forever. If you're a believer in string theory, you probably know that there's another universe elsewhere where that is called a catch, and Des Bryant is currently walking around with three Super Bowl rings and three back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons off the confidence of that catch. Instead, Tony Romo never played a healthy season again. Des Bryant never played a healthy season again. And the Cowboys have never gone farther than that in the playoffs since that fateful day. Yeah, if you... If you strike a line in the middle of Des Bryant's career from that catch on, the numbers look like you're two totally different players, Andy. And uh, a lot of factors go into that, and that's kind of what we want to discuss today. Um, But it really is kind of the turning point of his entire career. And, you know, for the those of you who were living under a rock, um, the competition committee – which meets every offseason in the NFL, came out and has decided that the Des Bryant catch in 2014 playoffs, along with Calvin Johnson, are now going to be ruled a catch. And should it was be a catch. Moving forward. AKA, it was a catch. It was always a catch. And I'm still not under the belief, if I watch that replay, that ball ever hit the ground. I still don't know if it just popped up from him flexing on it so hard. So in the three years prior to that moment, Dez had had 1,377 yards and 12 touchdowns. Probable. 1,234 yards and 13 touchdowns. Probable. All pro as well. And 1,320 yards and 16 touchdowns. Probable. All pro. That catch happened. That non-catch slash actual catch happens. 2015, Dez plays nine games, 401 yards, three touchdowns. 2016, Des plays 13 games and a bunch of unhealthy ones. 796 yards, eight touchdowns. Then 2017, Des plays in every game, but has 838 yards and six touchdowns. And what is, if you're if you watched him this year, you know that this was without a doubt the most concerning year of Des's career. He did things we'd never seen him do before, and not in a good way. Yeah, he uh, inexplicably had a, a trouble with, with drops this year, which he's never really had. Um, you know, they threw to him, I forget all the stats, but he had a bunch of targets. Was 132 way targets. Thank you, sir. Yes, I had it up a second ago. Um, and, yeah, he just the, – the numbers weren't there, Andy, and – a lot was made of it. We talked about it on the pod last year. Um, he hasn't had a hundred yard game going back until, well, he can go back to the Packer playoffs the second time um, with Dak that we lost. But before that, it was in the 2016 season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a guy who's getting paid top five wide receiver money, his stats aren't top five. And Andy, everyone wants to know what do you do now with this big contract? So, and, and that's and that's another angle to this, right? So, for some of us, we th- we look at that catch as being the defining moment, whereas other got paid that off exactly. Other people will tell you that this guy got paid, and then once he got the money, the fire was out. 
I don't personally believe that, but it isn't. It is an opinion that is held by some. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we, we talk about the Green Bay catch being the kind of the climax of 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 the career, but you can certainly look at that offseason and and when he took his um, four year extension to stay at Dallas Cowboy, um, giving him top wide receiver money, which he rightfully earned. Everybody wanted him back. Um, Des wanted to be back, but you know, it's clear that. You don't want to pay him. He's owed $12.5 million this season, and it's going to be a $16.5 million hit against the cap. Uh, and in a hard cap league, Andy, you're always having to look at decisions. It's why we got rid of DeMarcus Ware um, a few years ago because we were up against the cap, and sometimes players go. Now, before me and Andy get into our thoughts, um, I just want to share a couple things that have been said from – the Steve and Jerry level to Des himself. And then we'll kind of get our take on, on what we think because there's fans are pretty split on this. Andy, I've heard people wanting to cut Des. I heard people yeah. want to get a wide receiver in the first round and keep Des. Um, trade him, trade him, get whatever you can for him. So it's really an, an odd place. Like I said, he's definitely been the main talking point of the Cowboys offseason by far. And I think is going to be their biggest decision may be what to do with him. And a month ago, if you had asked me um, where I thought he would be, I would just say a hundred, a thousand, a three thousand percent chance that he would be a Dallas Cowboy. Well, and I, and I think that plays a part in this too, is I think, you know, we've there's, and we'll get into this, I'm sure more in a moment, but there's been a lot of discussion about Des and his reaction to the doubt that he's experiencing right now. Um, just today, there was a whole thing on ESPN where Des had posted a picture of himself in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. Um, he was he was walking away in the picture, which I do not think Des looked at <laughs> symbolism like that. No offense, Des, you might be a real artistic guy. I think he probably just like that looks dope and posted on Instagram. But people were straight up like throw up the the X EX. Like he's leaving, like this this is him saying subliminally he's that he's walking leaving. away. Right. And so and Des like he freaked out a little bit. And I, I think that for especially for a guy that we've I don't know if there's anyone on this team that you can say, like, hey, Witten is like Mr. Dallas Cowboy, and I totally agree with you. But as far as like from day one, just burning with a deep, unbelievable well of loyalty and passion for this franchise. I think you would be hard. It would be hard to find anyone since maybe Michael Irvin that is equal to Des Bryant. And so when you're in that position and you have people that are supposed to be your own fans being telling you, oh, you know, we need to get rid of this guy. He's a bum. He's, you know, he's a prima donna. He's a psycho, all this other stuff. That's got to be really tough for a guy like Des, who is at heart a very emotional player. Yeah. And there's people like Tony used to get this all the time. And I think Tony was very talented at keeping the excess noise away from him. Um, you know, certain people are more susceptible to it than others. And Des has proven that he reads everything, man. He reads yep. anything people say about him. He's on Instagram right after games. He's right on Twitter right after games, instantly reacting to calls or media questions or an article that's printed. So he's a reactionary guy, he's an emotional guy, always has. And um, I think, Andy, some people are starting to get worn a little thin by it because he's 
29 now. And when you're 25 and an all pro, it's a little easier to put up with. Uh, um, yeah. I think it comes down to, I mean, one, yeah. Age, I think it's performance, right? Um, true. true. I think people are willing to let you give you a wide berth and you know, okay, I'll make it, I'll make a, I'll draw a parallel. If you are a person who is, who ha- works a minimum wage job, and you're like, I'm going to wear a sailor outfit every day. I'm going to wear a captain's hat and a super dope tasseled shoulder British Admiralty Horatio Hornblower outfit every day. People will think you're a nutcase. However, if you're a billionaire and you wear that same thing, you're just eccentric. And so I think that similarly, Dez's antics when he's getting 16 touchdowns in a year that's like everyone's like well man like hey he's just really passionate he's burns really hard this is just who he is when he's dropping you know surefire touchdowns when he can't come up with these big catches when he's giving away interceptions like we saw happen multiple times this year people don't want to see you screaming on the sidelines um and part of it you know i'll be the first to admit like i i understand where people are coming from i got very frustrated with des this year very frustrated um I do think that especially with how the team is built right now, Des needs to be like the wise leader, like the senior leader. And I feel like it's more of now falling like Dak needs to control Des than the other way around. Well, that's another piece to this whole puzzle, right? When Des Bryant was doing this when he was 25, I mean, they had DeMarcus Ware. They had Tony Romo to keep in line. They had DeMarco Murray. They had Jason Witten. He wasn't a veteran leader in that locker room. People weren't looking up to Dez yet. And now he's the oldest player on that wide receiver core. So they all look up to him. He's older than his quarterback. He's older than his running back. I mean, yeah, sure, people look at Witten, but, you know, Witten's an older white guy, let's be honest. Dez is the, you know, hip, all-pro black dude. And, And I think he is more of a leadership role, whether he knows it or not. And do you want that? You know, it's kind of the Steve Smith, Cam Newton thing out in Carolina, some people felt. And Carolina dumped Steve Smith, who was their career-wide receiver, because there was thoughts in that front office that Cam can't become Cam with Steve New, uh, Steve uh, Smith's big personality on that team. And I'm not saying that's an exact parallel here. Nothing ever is, but um, oh, I think, I think it relates, that's a I think you're I think you're very fair in that comparison. Um and, and the, the question, I think a lot of people want to reduce this to a very simple answer, right? Like people either want to make it to like, no, Des sucks now, cut him. Or no, everything being said about Des is bullshit. He's the man. And like many questions about sports or anything else in life, the truth lies somewhere in between, right? Like Des is a person, a character that I personally love. Me too. However, there are legitimate complaints and criticisms of his quality of play on the field and his demeanor. If he's going to, if we're going to get 850 yards and four touchdowns out of this guy, then he needs to be a model citizen. And if he wants to be the big, loud guy that we've become accustomed to, then we're also going to need the big, loud stats that come along with it. And so I think he's going to continue to kind of feel that tension with the fan base, with the media, 
until he either delivers or is kind of put in a different role. Like if we see, and and I don't, and honestly, I don't know how Des would react to that. Like if the Cowboys go out and they get Calvin Ridley, if they get DJ Chark, if they get Christian Kirk this year, and I'm not saying any of those guys is capable of being a number one, but if the Cowboys send the message that, Hey, we are as a organization, we are looking to improve the wide receiver core and groom the next Des Bryant. Is Des the kind of guy that will accept that? And I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. You, you pose a lot of points there. Um, Des, see, I don't even hate the sideline antics. I don't, I think it's a matter of winning, losing like yeah. more than anything else. If we're successful when he does that, I always thought it was a good thing because I hate looking over there and see Jason Garrett's emotionless ass clapping after every single play. Agreed. And, you know, Tony and Dak are different guys that lead different. Not that I have a problem with Dak leading. Um, I'm just saying he reacts different. Des is the loud guy. You know, Jason Witten has always been a, well, I just kind of go out there and play and do my thing. Like, you know, he's not a super vocal dude. And I think you do need one of those vocal fiery guys. And I think it can be a advantage but to your point too can it be distraction and i want to get to that since we brought it up so stephen jones and side note andy i have a problem with the cowboys we seem to love to put all our business on the street all the time i don't know why we are not a tight-lipped organization when it comes to anything jason i mean well jason is one thing i'll give him props for is jason knows how to give the most non-answer answer a lot um but stephen and jerry love to put things out. And I think one of the reasons we're talking about this today is because of Stephen Jones. So Stephen, uh, this was a little bit after the Super Bowl, uh, was asked about, you know, his his number one wide receiver, Des Bryant. And uh he had this to say, um, quote, Tony certainly his game, they kind of tailored it to one another. When Dak came in, he certainly is not going to play the game exactly like Tony played the game. I think it hasn't ever just hit on all cylinders yet in terms of how Dak and Dez, the connection works. Okay, that's, uh, I'm all right with that. So you yep. say that, okay. I think it's a work in progress. I think it could improve if given the opportunity. <laughs> then yeah. he goes on to say, the other thing that we see, we all see, and it's certainly visible to anyone who watches our games, watches our sideline, is Dez is certainly a fiery guy who plays with a lot of emotion both on and off the field. Sometimes that can be a distraction. Now they have never, never once as Jason, Jerry, any of those guys use that word with Dez. So I thought that was a little telling. It can be a distraction for Dez. It can be a distraction for other teammates. And we just have to really get our hands around when you put all the full body of work together, where that's headed. Of course, we pay Dez a lot of money and he knows that he's aware of it as anyone. He knows when you get paid that kind of money, there's high expectations in terms of the productivity. These are all things we have to look at as a team, as an organization, when we start to put our team together this next year. I mean, like many things, it's just like Jason makes a lot of sense a lot. <laughs> He's a Princeton guy. He's real sharp. Uh, I just – I sometimes doubt – 
Jason, and honestly, I doubt Scott Linehan's ability. I, I know listeners of the podcast are going to get tired of me just ragging on Scott Linehan. Uh, <laughs> it won't go I, away. I just hate Scott Linehan. I think he is the worst OC in the league. I think he does less with more than just about anyone on the planet. Um, but, you know, I at this point, like, I think that if you have a, a genius offensive coordinator – they can use Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and Des Bryant and the other pieces we have in creative ways and do really amazing stuff offensively. I really believe that. You also have a top three, five offensive line? At worst. Right. I, I don't think that you can just have those guys go out there and try to win the game on talent. I don't know if – I don't think Dak is that kind of passer. I think Dak needs a game plan. I think Dak needs – to be coached significantly, at least at this stage of his career. Um, and we knew that coming in. I mean, until he had that amazing rookie year, no one was saying like Dak Prescott is going to come light the NFL on fire. No one and thought then, he was going to be our backup heading into the season. No, not at all. And so like the, I think to a certain degree, his rookie year hurt him. Uh, it, it put some really crazy expectations on the kid. And this last season, I mean, you look at Dak's season this last year, and like, I'm not trying to like sit here and defend what Dak did. I'm not going to use that word. I'm not trying to sit here and say that like Dak Prescott did amazing, but Dak certainly didn't have like the worst season I've ever seen from a quarterback. Um, I mean, no. dude threw for 3,300 yards, 20 touchdowns, 13 picks. That's not great. Certainly not great. But I we saw I saw him make enough good throws that he should have put up better numbers, and I saw it just seemed like no one was ever playing their A game at the same time. So like, Dez would get open and Dak would not see him, or Dak would make a great throw and Dez would drop it, or it's thir- it's first and goal at the one, and we don't run Zeke. Just like no one can seem to be whereas in 2016 you felt like everyone came every game on blast ready well, to kill it's something that's lost in this whole fold because des gets all the headlines um when you talk about scheme too a big part of the success of dak prescott and the dallas cowboys in 2016 was uh the emergence of cole beasley as a surefire target Cole Beasley yeah. in 2016 had Andy 75 catches, Jeez. 833 yards, and five TDs. Our leading receiver that year, um, with Des missing a few games. Last year, Cole had 36 catches, so cut in half, 314 yards, more than cut in half, and four TDs. So he completely. And I don't, I don't know whether to put that on Cole, but if we're going to be as critical as we are of Des. We need to look at that offense as a whole is my problem. And I agree. If Cole puts up 800 yards last year, I think you see improvements across everybody. Um, and, and like I said, I'm not just singling him out here. It's just if we're looking at this offense as a whole, when you when you go into Linehan's scheme, I'm saying I have to agree with you based on not only – the drop off in production of Dak, but also Dez and Cole and so so Tito. we're talking a lot about like 
I do want to definitely get to like what will next year look like and what yeah. will this Ryan's role be in that. But let's just for the sake of the mouth breathers on Reddit, let's go through what the outcomes will be for the options we have seen floated. So most extreme cut Des Bryant. In my opinion, and I'm sure that this will not be far off from what you would think as well. You cut Des Bryant, this team is instantaneously way worse off. They have no true number one receiver. I guess you're running Terrence Williams out there at number one. Um, you're certainly not going to get someone in the draft that is prepared day one to be your number one receiver. And even if they are, they're not going to be Des Bryant. So I think that is a pretty, I would say at least for the cutting option, I think that's pretty much sends a terrible message and makes your team instantly worse. Well, what not only thoughts? that, so so what? what's your point there? You want to cut Des because you think you pay him too much? If you cut Des Bryant, like I said, he's owed 16 and a half on the cap. If you cut him, you can free up about eight and a half million if you make him a June one cut, or pay him the twelve. Um, I, are you getting anyone? Are you getting anything extra out of that eight and a half million that's going to make you a better team? Because you're not going to do it at wide receiver. You're not going to go spend that on another wide receiver. So, are you going to go after a big name defender that you give that money to to improve? Like, are you going to find? Somewhere else you can spend that money. I guess I don't get. Well, let's be real. It's not really a big money defender, right? Like, is there an. So we, we, we pick up what? Like $10 million roughly? Eight and a half, yeah. We, is there an eight and a half million dollar player that gives you as much value at, that is out there and available as Des Bryant does? To but then the, any but these, free agent. These people are going to come out though, Andy, and these people are for it. Is it's oh, it's addiction by subtraction. Des is a cancer. I've heard him be called a cancer, and I, I can't disagree with that more. Can he be a distraction on the sidelines? Yes. Can do I think people might get tired of Des ranting every now and then? Sure. Do you, do I think any of those guys don't like Des Bryant? Well, it That's is weird to me. Just, He's not Terrell Owens in that sense. No, and. Here's the thing, man. Like, have you ever heard one person on any team say that they wouldn't want Dez as a teammate? Like, the whole league loves Dez. Much like just to even go away from the discussion of do the guys on the Cowboys want him there? Because everyone on the Cowboys goes to bat for Dez without fail. There's no one on that squad that's like, nah, man, we should really get rid of Dez fucking Bryant. I mean, this guy does stuff in practice that people just can't even fathom doing in their career period. Now, has he had the injuries? Absolutely. I personally don't think he was playing 100% healthy last year. And then you lose his quarterback with Tony, and as much as you want to give Dak love, Tony, Tony and Dez had a connection that Dak and Dez have not seemed to have. No, yeah. and, and Dak's not a pinpoint strike passer like Tony Romo was. Tony Romo could fit a ball into an incredibly tight window on the run, and Dak needs a larger space to put a ball into. And I don't know if that's a permanent thing. That's him during this stage of his career. If it's a matter of them working out together, I don't know. 
But I think if you add in the adjustment to a new quarterback, the complete lack of scheming to get our receivers open on the Scott Linehan side of things, the lack of any true number two receiver that, because if I'm, if I'm making a game plan against the Dallas Cowboys, especially with Zeke Elliott suspended, I'm pretty much saying, okay, I'm going to take Des Ryan out of this game. And if you want to throw three yard slants to Cole Beasley or hope that Terrence Williams doesn't body catch, drop a ball into my receipt, my DB's arms. I'm okay with that. And we watch teams do it all year, especially if Sean Liga is out of the game. What do we say? They take Cole away underneath and take Des Bryant over the top. Yep. And people want to say Des can't get open over the top. Well, yeah, but he's got safety help a lot. And when they put one on one, they're basically can Dak Prescott throw a good enough ball. And I'm not saying it's all on Dak well, and, and not Des, but and, I, my point like, is. I hate this this narrative that now exists that Des Bryant just couldn't get open and that was the problem. I think that is I think that's a I think that is a, a trope that people just like to throw out there, like one of those offhand remarks like, Oh, so and so's a poor you know what I mean? Like it just gets sure. it gets repeated. Well so is often. is it that Des Bryant can't get open one on one, or is it that Des Bryant with a somewhat inaccurate quarterback against elite cornerback play cannot just burn them every single down because we watched during the Broncos game. We watched Des shake Akib Tlaib out of his shoes. I watched him game one against, against, you know, Janoris Jenkins when he had small numbers, there's two highlights of game one where he literally makes Janoris Jenkins fall over and that doesn't see him. just doesn't see him. Yeah. So I think there's more variables to this problem than people are willing to accept. So yeah, so we'll we'll keep running through this scenario here. So right. Des cut, pretty f- ridiculous. Next one up, trade Des. Good luck. I yeah, I just if if the Cowboys are going to send the message to the league that this guy's not worth having on our squad, they're th- because if you decide you're getting rid of Des. You're thereby legitimizing all these storylines we're talking about. That he's not that good anymore. That, you know, uh, in a world a, where a Randy Moss grabbed you a third round pick. Yeah. What do you think you're getting from Des Bryant? Like, if he, would you even take, like, that's what I'm saying. Even if you put on that level, I don't want a third for Des. No. Hell no. So, it's any, and no team's going to give a second because they value draft picks like gold in the NFL. Yep. So what are you getting? Like you're not going to get it. And there, there's very few player for player trades anymore these days. Um, so you're right. I guess trade. Okay. Just someone show me who in the, what in the hell you're going to get for that. You know, um, yeah. I just don't see a scenario that that makes your team better unless you get a high leverage top 40 pick, you know, um, and that's just not going to happen. So, Cutting is just insane. Trading is really not even a realistic option um, because you're just not going to get anything remotely close. So, and then we move on then to kind of where the discussion can go from here, which is so let's assume that Dez is playing with the Cowboys. Well, well one I want to pose to you is not kind of maybe straight away, but negotiate a pay cut. But do you hard cap him at? If you don't take a pay cut, you leave. Because that seems to be where people want to go with it. Is he worth X amount of money? I am willing to approach Des Bryant with a 
deal for a cut that says pay cut. Sorry. Yeah. A pay cut for a pay cut. And I would be even willing to be like, Hey man, last three seasons, not super what we paid for. We are loyal to you, but we do need these dollars to make this team better around you so that we can win, which we know is important to you. So let's cut you down to, let's say 8 million with the caveat. um, Let me finish with the caveat that if you hit a thousand yards, Incinibase. Touchdowns, then you will earn above what you were going to earn anyway because you proved us wrong. So guaranteed 12 or possible 13, guaranteed 8. And okay. if Dez says, fuck off, I earned this money, I personally am just going to have to kind of walk away from that. I, not, not walk away from him, but just walk away and be like, well, we tried, but we, I'm not getting rid of Dez Bryant. And we're just going to pay him the money. So I agree. So, so let me ask you this, because this seems to be discussion and I've had arguments, is what do you think he'd get in open market? Because if you're Des Bryant's agent, you know I guarantee you he's making phone calls just trying to see what the market if would Des be. Bryant goes to the Bears right now? No, I mean, just gets cut. Who would pay him? Right. Oh, that's what I'm saying. If Des Bryant gets cut and goes to Chicago, where they have literally no – receiver like that you like tell me who the bears number one receiver is <laughs> no one knows ah, I, you know, I sit right next to i think kevin white old, exists but i don't think he's like here one. he's right next to me at work he's from chicago huge bear, huge bears guy he literally goes i can't tell you who our number one receiver is we don't have one so <laughs> i think that des bryant could get 10 million dollars i don't think it's for seven years but I do think that Des Bryant could get a two-year, $19.5 million deal. See, I'm going to go a little higher in a world, and I look at Deshaun Jackson got three for 33 to go to Tampa last year. I think Des Bryant can get that in the open market. I think three for 33 is right about the market he get. And so if you're the Cowboys, can you get him to take a cut from 14.5 to 11? Save a That's little. fair. Um, now I will say that he was coming off like Deshaun Jackson was coming off a thousand yard season. Sure, and he's you know an over the top, and they thought he was the extra piece. I still think a lot of this too is not how much a, if a player is overpaid or not. It's how much can a team afford to pay you. Jacksonville was able to throw money at people. New yes. York a few years ago was able to pay Olivier Vernon the highest defensive contract in history. Pay Janoris Jenkins, what was it, like $60 million yeah. because they had the cap. They had the money. So if you're a team that has the money, it's not so much are we overpaying for this guy. It's, well, who else are we going to pay? You know, That's just human nature, right? Like, yeah. If you have $5 and something's 3 bucks, you're going to think really hard. If you have 100 bucks and something's 3 bucks, you might drop that on the ground. And not even notice. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with you on that. I do think that Des could get – I don't think that 3 for 33 is out of the question at all, um, especially if we went into the the minutia of kind of what people's current cap situation is. And if you find kind of the perfect intersection between a team that's very desperate for a wide receiver and has a ton of money, you could easily see Des Bryant in another uniform playing for almost as much money. 
Dog, Next I don't want to see him playing in any other uniform. No, I want to see him retire a cowboy. And I think Dez wants to see himself retire as a cowboy. Yeah, so real quick, um, that Instagram post Andy put up uh, or mentioned earlier in the pod, um, I just wanted to touch on it because it's really all we've heard from Dez. He was on The Fan, also a local radio show, talking um, just about his future, just about the work he's putting in. And he said a few things. One, he said about getting uh, mentally right. He made like a comment about that, um, which I assume is, you know, he kind of was saying his head. Then he was talking to like a group of, of youth, Sandy, saying, don't play hurt. That's what I did. Like, don't put your body on the line. Yeah. Not, not, not quite those exact words. I'm paraphrasing these. But um, it's been interesting that he's kind of taken, not taken that, but it, it's almost like there's this, these public statements from Dez and Steven going out. Yep. Both camps kind of posturing a little bit. And the Instagram latest post, as Andy said, um, even though it's been deleted, so don't go to Des' Instagram, but Internet writes in permanent ink, so you can find it if you want. He said, uh, just posted a picture of X walking away, got a bunch of comments, and posted a follow-up saying, what the fuck are wrong with you people? I posted a fucking picture. Shit's starting to piss me off now. It's me in a Dallas Cowboy uniform where I belong. Get a life, please. Yeah. So... He's getting tired, but I will say in that where I belong, I think and, – and I'm going to do my final take here, Andy, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. I think at the end of the day, Des Bryant wants to be a Dallas Cowboy, and the Dallas Cowboys want Des Bryant to be a Cowboy. I agree. And that's where I stand with it. I totally agree. I will say if I could give Des Bryant one piece of advice – it would be this, and this is a this is sage wisdom from Joe Rogan, who has a much better podcast than I do. Never read the comments. Nothing good happens in the comment section of anything. No one who's famous or anything like that should ever read the comments on the internet about themselves, because so few people are. If like, dude, I mean, I love Des Bryant. I'm obsessed with Des Bryant. I've never left a comment on Des Bryant's Instagram. Ever, ever. And I think you know, a ton of people that have the, you know, it's kind of like when you, when people have you fill out a survey for something and they get a bunch of negative responses and it's like, well, who's motivated to fill out a survey? Someone who felt like you did a good job. You'd have to do a really, really great job for them to be like, man, I got to tell this guy how great a job he did. Or it's someone who's pissed and is looking for an outlet to dump that in. And so I think that's what comment sections are too. I think that people have a chance, especially when they know that Des will react. I think that that is he presents a target. So, bro, Austin Odell Beckham hella mean comments, bro. Yeah, exactly. Tons of memes, tons of memes, <laughs> spicy memes. But Thought yeah, I'd show Bob looking ass. <laughs> but Des, don't read the comments. I, I too want to see Des in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. Yes. Um, I think I, I still believe that Des can be. I won't, I'll hesitate to use the term elite because he's getting up in like his, to be 30. But I do think that Dez can be a 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown receiver. I was going to say that. I was going to say, even if he doesn't touch 1,000 yards again, Dez Bryant can still be a 12-touchdown guy. Yeah, absolutely. If there's I one thing that Dez is elite at, it's the red zone jump ball play. And if I if I'm the coaching staff – then I'm telling Dak and Dez that they need to be out there 
you know, voluntary uncoached because the NFL can't have these guys reporting 24 hours a day. But man, it would do me, it would make me as a fan way more relieved if I just saw a picture leak on the internet that was just like an empty parking lot at the star, except for two cars. And it's just Dak and Dez throw and goes all day. I would feel much better. So We've definitely got some work to do. We want, we definitely need to see some progression from a lot of players, and we need to see a little bit of return to form from Dez. Um, so let me ask you this. Yeah. And we gave what we would like. We want to see Dez back. What's your official prediction for what happens in this situation? I think that I think that what the result will be that he will be back in the Cowboys uniform playing for his full contract. I think that behind the scenes, they will approach him about a pay cut. And I think he will get really mad about it, but no one will know. And then he will end up playing for his full deal. Um, my hope is that that translates to him playing incredibly angry and he balls really, really hard. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I am. I've been back and forth. I think they're definitely approaching him for a pay cut. I don't know how he will receive that. I don't know if it'll be out of anger. I just, I mean, like anyone, why would you give money back? You know, sure. like, you're up. You mean they show you earned this contract and now people are trying to go back on it. I, I don't know. There, there's, I'm in between. I think if he takes a pay cut, it'll be marginal. It'll be more of a, help out their books this year type restructure and a pay cut or almost an extension and a restructuring in the same sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like they give an extension that gives him more guaranteed money over what he's supposed to be guaranteed right now, but gives him less money per year. If that yeah, makes sense. That so makes sense. we'll see. Um, but I agree. I think he'll be back in, in, in a cowboy uniform. I'll tell you this. If he's not, I can't think of a worse scenario for Dak Prescott than a lame duck head coach who's on the hot seat and your number one wide receiver being Terrence Williams. Oh, my gosh. I can't think of a worse situation for you to be in. Well, and then you're in a situation where, okay, so now you've burned another year off of the line. You burn another year off of Zeke. You burn another cheap year off of Dak. I mean, that would be a really bad situation. So, you know, the Cowboys have had a very, you know, for better, for worse, mostly for worse, have had a, a very bad habit of going good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Yeah. And um, they had a great 2016. And surprisingly, that came out of nowhere. They had a very disappointing 2017. I mean, it was a nine and seven season, but I think everyone can agree it was just about the worst nine and seven season they'd ever seen. And we are got we just got to be. I guess everyone is just kind of hoping that we will continue to follow that pattern and we will be back to a uh, a double digit win season this year. But it's going to be a tough hill to climb, man. I mean, the Eagles are are good and they got better. You know. Uh- the NFL, the good thing is, is it's a very turnover-heavy league where results vary widely, more so than any sport. So we'll see. Um, 
I'm I'm not uh, like I said, I, this team is fine on paper. So we'll just see. Yeah, well, the the famous words are that the problem in Dallas is not talent. Yeah. So, oh well, the Des Bryant saga will continue. We will obviously continue to update you guys as this kind of goes forward. Um, we were we are getting into uh, kind of draft season, so be on the lookout for a uh, a draft preview episode. Me and Ben have lots of opinions on who the Cowboys should take, who they shouldn't take, who they probably will take, and everything in between. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we will be uh, with our shiny new logo on iTunes soon. So be prepared to uh, – you can subscribe to us, and it will automatically update you with the latest and greatest from Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, and can be some of our last SoundCloud listeners. Dude, you can be the OG. If you're listening to it right now, you could be the last person listening on SoundCloud. You could be like the people that were like listening to Chance the Rapper when he was on SoundCloud. You could be like the guys who discovered Bobby Shmurda on Worldstar. AKA me. Because <laughs> I was day one on Bobby Shmurda. Free Shmurda, dude. dude free, free Shmurda and free Meek Mill. All right. Hell yeah. Just so everyone knows. Free Meek. All right. He didn't do it. He innocent. Free Meek. All right, so that's Ben. That's all I had. Do you have anything else? No, sir. Um, I think uh, it was uh, it was good getting back on the pod, baby. Yeah, absolutely. It's always great to be back. Once again, thank you to Matt Hawkins for his awesome logo design. We're super stoked about that. Thank um, you, Squawk. And we will be back uh, probably here in the next week or two with our draft preview episode. So stay tuned. Uh, as always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Take it easy. Peace.